You're listening to the City Hope Church podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. This parable, what we're going to find today, is actually the last parable in Jesus' largest sermon that he would ever preach. There's something called the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you ever heard the Sermon on the Mount? Many parables are mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount, and this is the final parable in that big sermon that Jesus preaches. In fact, the whole sermon is in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's his largest sermon, and I think that it's this, this, this parable is last on purpose. Because when you put something last in things, in fact, when you learn even in English and in writing, you learn that uh, at the end, you want to wrap it up with one big conclusion paragraph, right? And that conclusion is almost all the time, it's bringing all the points that you've made in your essay or whatever you're talking about, it's bringing all those points together and saying, hey, this is the exclamation point to the entire thing. And so this is Jesus' conclusion to his biggest sermon. And so I think because of that, it's so important. Because the Sermon on the Mount is filled with so many great uh, different stories that we've heard. In fact, I've preached about salt and light in this series. That's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you've ever heard of the Beatitudes before, the blessed are those who are blank. Blessed are those who are, and, and he just keeps going, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who thirst. All these Beatitudes are in there as well. Um, there's also a, a, the, the part of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus talks about uh, that don't pick the speck out of my eye uh, when you have a log in your eye. You ever heard of that before? That's the same thing. This is all a part of this big sermon. The Lord's Prayer is a part of this. Judge not lest ye be judged. That's like all of these famous sayings. This turn the other cheek, that's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. All these massive things are a part of that sermon, but this is the conclusion. This is the big ending. It is that exclamation point at the end. I want us to read it. Take a look at it on the screen. If you've got your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 today. It says this. This is how Jesus concludes. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And look at what happens when you build your house on the rock. It's, it goes on to say, the rain came, the streams rose, the wind blew. How many of you, the rain has come in your life? Like the winds have blown and like the, the, the storms are here and they've beat against your house. How many of you, you've had the, some beating against your house before? I tell you, my week has been a beating against the house week. Like the rain has come, the wind has blown. Yet, look at what scripture says, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its house, the, because that house had its foundation upon the rock. You got, he had his foundation on the rock. But Jesus, but Jesus parallels this, and look at what he says. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And guess what? The same exact storm came through, everybody. The rain came, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. And it, did, and it fell with a great crash. So I want to talk to you today about what it means to be built on the rock. How can we, 
as Christ's followers, be built on the rock. And so to illustrate that today, I brought you something that really stuck with me. I saw this video this week because we're talking about building your house and we're talking about how, how your house needs to be built on a solid foundation, how it needs to be built on the rock. And, and if you're not stabilized, what happens is you wake up one day and the rains come, the floods come, and it carries your house away. And I was like, well, how in the world can a house be carried away? And I found this awesome video. Actually, it's a very sad video, but it's kind of cool in the same sense. Check this out. They're going to put it on the screen behind me. How can a house be carried away by a, a lot of water? Take a look at this real quick. Ain't that crazy? I like, it amazes me what the power of storms can do. <laughs> and this water literally reduces this house down to like, <laughs> down to a few boards that are left there. It's quite unbelievable. Like in the matter of 10 seconds, we go from having a house to not having a house, everybody. Like it's just that quick. It's unbelievable how fast it, it, it can go. And I think that this is the mental picture that Jesus was trying to show us. Like this idea of <laughs> where is your house? Can I tell you that like I, I've watched as a pastor, I've watched good people go to church. I've watched good people be a part of a church and, and serve at a church. And, and, and they, I've watched good people do the whole church thing. But their life has ended up just like what we saw on that video. Like the rains came, the winds blew, the, the massive storms came, and something went wrong. And all of a sudden, these people that I thought were great Christian people, that were good church people, their house came crumbling down. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what goes wrong. Because even in our Christian life, the rain's going to come, the wind's going to blow, and are you going to stand? Are you going to weather the storm? That's what I want to talk to you about today. Here's a couple of things. If you're taking notes, these are just kind of extras up top, but a couple of things that you need to know. Number one is this, is that these two houses that Jesus is talking about in the story, these two houses are exactly the same. These are the exact same houses. They've made, they're made out of the same materials. They're the same builders. They got the same furnishings inside of them. They're identical houses. These are the same houses. And not only that, but number two, what you need to know and what you need to understand, uh, well, honestly, what you need to understand is how real estate works. In fact, let me ask you this question. Have you ever moved before? Have you ever moved from one house to the other? I just talked to you guys back there. Y'all are getting ready to move. And so well, it, moving is a big part. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. But when you go to try to find a house and you go to try to buy a house, you know, there's, there's pretty much a, the number one driving factor behind how much your home is worth. In fact, almost every single real estate agent will tell you, even if you're building a, a business or you're buying a business or you're trying to buy property, the number one thing that is most important about a house is the location, right? We hear this all the time. We hear that our house, it's all about location, location, location. It depends on how much your house is worth. I mean, we even see this in businesses. There's businesses who won't build uh, in, in certain spots because they're so concerned about the location. Give you an example like Walgreens on the corner, right? Have you ever seen a Walgreens not on a corner? 
It doesn't exist, right? Because they, they so strongly believe in that location. They want to be on that location. And so Jesus doesn't mention anything about the location of our house. I want you to notice that. Jesus doesn't talk about the importance of location. Instead of location, Jesus is focused on our foundation. He's focused on the foundation of the house. In fact, he says that there are two kinds of foundations that we can have. We can either be built on the rock or we can be built on the sand. And he shows us the importance of having our house built on the rock. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want you to know that it's not about location. It is about your foundation. So let, let me give you three principles today uh, of, of this idea of foundation. Here's number one if you're taking notes. Simply this, it's that the storms, of, uh, the, the, the storms on the house, the, uh, excuse me, let me rephrase this. Let me start over. I want to talk to you today about the storms of, of the house on the rock. I'm sorry, I got that worded a little weird this week. The storms on the house on the rock. Let's talk about the storms. You see, one of the things that we should notice in this passage is that the storms we see here happens to both houses. They're the same houses, and we got the same storm happening to the both houses. But there's two different outcomes that we see. What does Jesus say happens to the house that's built on the sand? Look at what Jesus says. The house built on the sand, it says the rain came, the floods came, and the winds blew. Like, like, like that's what happened. What happened to the other house that was built on the rock? Well, guess what, everybody? It's the same exact verse, just a different scripture. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew. The same exact thing happened to both of these houses. And he tells us that the same storm happens to the both of them. They, they both had this rain. They both had this flood. They both had this wind. You need to understand, because so many of us, when we think that we build our house on the rock, when we think we have a firm foundation in Christ, so, so many of us believe that as soon as we become a Christian, all of a sudden, we're just exempt from the trials that happen in our life. Like somehow, some way, if my house is built on the rock, then I should never see a storm again. That's how so many people live their Christian life. It's like, okay, now uh, I, I'm a Christian and nothing bad is going to happen to me. And can I tell you, there's nothing farther from the truth. You are going to have storms. I'm telling you, you're going to face a doctor's report that you're not going to like. You're going to go through a breakup. Like, like your things are not going to go your way. I mean, you might get in a car accident or heaven forbid you get a speeding ticket, everybody. Like, like you're, there's going to be some things that are going to happen. You're going to have some bad relationships. There's going to be friends that used to be friends and now they're not friends. And, and you used to be friends with them on Facebook. And then you find out you're not friends with them on Facebook anymore. You know, like all these different things. Storms are going to happen. The rain, the floods, the wind. Jesus says... That they're for everyone. That just because your house is built on the rock doesn't mean you're exempt from it. The storms in life happen to us all. In fact, I, I put it like this on the screen. That the difference is not that you don't have storms as a Christian. The difference is that as a Christian, you have a foundation that holds you up through the storms. That when you're a Christ follower, the difference is there, it's not that there's not ever going to be wind and rain ever again. No, it's a matter of the foundation. It's a matter of the foundation. 
And we see that so often. You know, being a follower of Jesus will, will, will not just keep you from the storms. It's not just going to keep you from the rains and flood. It's not going to keep you from the trials of life. But when you do experience those things, you know what happens? There's a certain amount of peace that comes. Like there's, there's, there's an understanding that comes. There's supernatural strength that comes into your life. And where other people might fall, you'll continue to stand. That while, while other people might, uh, and I, you know, honestly, I think that we've seen this so often. Uh, it, it, and honestly, I think we've been in like the perfect scenario to see this with what we went through a couple of years ago with coronavirus. This whole idea that, man, I saw so many people, even good, that I thought were good, godly people, everybody, that fell in the midst of chaos. Like the rain came, the winds blew. I mean, I'm telling you, pastors that I respected, I mean, people that I knew personally, like as soon as the storm hit, you could tell and you could see where their foundation was. And I'm telling you, when the storms come, it reveals a lot. And you need to understand that as a Christian, that when we go through those storms, we've got this supernatural strength. We've got this supernatural ability that our foundation is upon the rock. It's on the rock. Here's the second one. If you're taking notes with us this morning, it's simply this. What, what is the house on the rock? I want to talk about what is the house on the rock. Because we, we've, we've got to, we've just, we need to understand what does it mean to build our house on the rock? Because I think it doesn't mean what a lot of us really think. You know, a lot of us think that when we talk about building our house on the rock, we think that we say, well, Jesus is our rock. You know, like, and with Jesus, I'm not going to fall. And so I, I, I'm going to build my house on Jesus. Well, saying, saying that Jesus is your rock, although that might be a great confession of faith, and, but that's not exactly what Jesus is talking about in this story. When you dive deep into scripture here, and when you truly understand what Jesus means in this parable, you understand that he's not just talking about himself. In fact, Jesus said just before this in scripture, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so I think a lot of people have this idea that if I just say the name of Jesus, everything's just going to be fine. Like, but Jesus literally tells us that just saying, Lord, Lord, that's not building your life on the rock. That's not helping at all. So what does it mean? If it, if it doesn't mean to just say, Jesus, Jesus, like, like if it doesn't mean that, what does it mean to build your life on the rock? I want us to look at this passage of scripture again because he says that the man who built his house on the rock the man who built his house on the rock, this is an illustration for someone who hears the words of Jesus, who hears my words, Jesus says. He hears my words, but what else does he do? He not only hears it, but he puts it into practice. Jesus says, if your life is going to be built on the rock, you're going to not only hear what I have to say, but you're going to do what I ask you to do. And in contrast, he says, the man whose life is built on the sand is the person who, notice this, also hears the words of Jesus. Like they're not dumb to what Jesus says. They still hear the words of Jesus. He, he says, Jesus says, they still hear the words of mine, but they do not put it into practice. So you say, well, Pastor Noah, well, what do you mean? I, here, here, to sum it up, if you're taking notes, it's this, is that building your house on the rock 
means doing what Jesus said to do. And I'm going to burst some bubbles this morning because some of us think that just going to church and just hearing the words of Jesus is enough. But clearly Jesus says that it's not enough, that both the, the house on the rock and the house on the sand, they both heard these words of mine, but the difference is the house on the rock did what Jesus said to do, but when we build our house on the sand, it means that we're just not doing what Jesus said to do. The only difference is whether you're doing it or you're not doing it. If you're doing what Jesus said or if you're not doing what Jesus said. And honestly, I think that this is so important. And not just for our church, but I think it's so important for every single church to really get and understand this story. Because there, there are so many people that, I, I mean, just so many people that I know who come to church and they think, well, if, if, I've, if, if I've, I've built my house on the rock, I go to church every single Sunday. Like, I've listened to every single message that Pastor Noah's ever preached, right? Like, I, I, I've heard them all. But you've got to understand that both of these men in this story, they've heard Jesus' words. And the difference here was not that one man came and listened to Jesus and, and the other one didn't. The difference was not that someone went to church and the other one didn't. No, Jesus says that they both heard the words. They might have gone to church. They may have been perfect church attenders. The difference is not that they didn't both hear his words. The difference is one heard and did what Jesus said and one didn't. One followed the words of Jesus and the other one did not. Building your life on the rock means so much more than just hearing the words of Jesus. It's about doing what he says. And that's what we see at the end of the greatest sermon ever preached, everybody. The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, there's, there's one thing, if there's one thing that I want to leave you with, the conclusion of my paragraph, if there's, if there's one thing that I want, want you to know, hey, Jesus says, it's so much more than just hearing my words. My message here is not enough. You've got to begin to do it. You've got to begin to act on it. In fact, we even see in James chapter 1, verse 22, it says this, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Instead, what? Do what it says. Act on it. You say, well, how is a person deceiving himself when they listen to the word? Because the one who hears the word often thinks that they've done what they're supposed to do. Like I, I've checked it off my list because they listen to it. When the truth is, that's not enough. You've got to do it. And it's not enough to, it's just, it's not enough just to hear the word. You have to begin to act on it. You know, there's several stories in scripture that I could give you that, as, as an idea of people who knew God's word, and yet they knew the word of God so well, they still didn't act on it. In fact, I'd give you a personal story. I know people, and I just, I just kind of find this funny. I know people who could quote just about any part of the Bible to me. Like if I asked, like, I know some people who are like living, walking, breathing Bibles. Like they can just quote scripture to you. Like they've got it memorized and all this stuff. And it's fantastic that they've got it memorized. But the problem is, I know with one of them in particular, 
is although they can quote scriptures to me all day, they won't live one of them out. They refuse to live out what Jesus actually said to do. Now they know it. They've got all this knowledge about it, but they refuse to live it out. In fact, there's stories, like I said, there's countless stories in scripture of people who were the same way. I, I, I wanted to bring this one to you today because I thought maybe this was a different one. Maybe you've heard, heard of this before. I thought maybe uh, potentially a lot of us maybe didn't understand this story uh, fully. There's this guy in the Bible while Jesus was alive called King Herod. Anybody have, ever heard of Herod? Yeah, Herod was actually this very wicked king. He lived during the time of Jesus, and he lived during the time of John the Baptist. And we all know John the Baptist is the guy who prepared the way for Jesus. He was the one yelling in the wilderness, prepare ye the way, the Messiah is here. And so he was alive during, these, uh, during the time of, of Jesus and John the Baptist. And at this time, Herod was, was, was wicked, and he had all kinds of life issues. One of them was that Herod was committing adultery, with his brother's wife, everybody. Like that's, that's how messed up his life was. And he had John the Baptist arrested because John preached against what he was doing as king. But interestingly enough, Mark chapter six, verse 20, it tells us that even though he had John the Baptist arrested, Mark six twenty says that John used to enjoy listening to John, that he enjoyed listening to what John had to say about Jesus, that this very wicked king, living openly in adultery, enjoyed listening to God's word. He enjoyed listening to it. And you know what the truth is? Is that some of us were here today, and we're no more saved than King Herod is. Like, we enjoy coming to church. You might say, I like coming to church. I've, I've listened to every podcast from Pastor Noah, right? You know, like I, I, I've, I've heard them all. But you know what? So did Herod. This very wicked and evil king knew God's word. He knew what was in the Bible. But you know what? Even though he had listened to it, even though he knew scripture, was he a Christian? Absolutely not. Can I tell you that being a real Christian is not just about hearing the word of God. It's about doing something with it. The person who builds their life on the rock is a person who does what Jesus says to do. You still with me? All right. I'm hammering it home because I just think that this is a cultural thing. I mean, I, I just, I really do think and so I, I don't want you, you to leave it. Well, Pastor Noah did, called me out and said, I'm not a Christian, you know. <laughs> I don't want you to leave it today. Listen, I, next week, we'll, I'll talk about love and peace and joy and you come, come back. <laughs> this week, I'm going to challenge you, though, all right? And so here we go. Number three, how, how do we do it, okay? So Pastor Noah, you've told me, not, <laughs> you, 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 you've told me all this. How, now, how do I build my house on the rock? How do we build our house on the rock? How do we, how do, we do what Jesus says to do? Well, when Jesus was walking on this earth and when Jesus was teaching, and specifically to his disciples, building your life on the rock was a much easier thing to do. Because if you were a disciple, you know, Jesus would just turn and, and like, like there's one part of, of scripture that says Jesus came upon this guy named Matthew, who was a tax collector, and he just said, hey, 
leave your job and leave everything that you're doing and come and follow me. You know, like that's straight words of Jesus. That's, uh, I feel like that's a little bit easier to follow. And, uh, and he, he told his disciples, uh, remember he said to, to take, grab, gather some baskets and, and let's, let's feed the 5,000. So he practically, he's telling them step by step what to do. So building your house on the rock with Jesus right next to you, that was, that was a bit easier. He just told them what to do. But of course, things are a bit different today. I, I have not seen Jesus physically next to me uh, ever, and so he's, I, I, he's with us, his presence is with us, but unfortunately, he can't say, Noah, you need to do, you need to do this right now. You know, he's not holding my hand and telling me what to do. Um, unfortunately, that's not happening, but what he does do is he gives us some tools, he gives us some resources, and more importantly, he even gives us some commands in his word. And so we can still build our house on the rock by doing what Jesus tells us to do, but we, we listen, how we find that is we listen to his word. We read it, we meditate on it, we hear it taught. That's what we do. So today, if you want to build your house on the rock, the first thing that you have to do is you have to read and listen to God's word regularly. And I, 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 I really think that this should have been the highlighted part here, <laughs> uh, this regularly part. Because, you know, Sunday morning is great, and I'm glad that you're here, but you need a personal time with the Lord, and you need need it regularly. And, like, you need to depend on his presence, and you need to depend on what his word says. And and, and listen, I've already, in point number two, I feel like I hit it home by telling you that just reading it is not enough, everybody. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Um, but, But we do need to hear God's word regularly so that we know what he's saying to us. In fact, one, one guy, uh, uh, one time, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest revelations that he ever gave me is I was asking him, I was asking this pastor who I, I really respected, I said, Pastor, how do you hear from God? I just want to know, how do you hear God's voice? I just really need to know how to hear God's voice. And he told me, the primary way that God speaks to you is through his word. And it's through what's already written. And so dive into his word. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest problems that we have today as Christians is that we are not consistently reading the word of God. We're not doing it on a regular basis. In fact, studies tell, tell me that 90% of us own a Bible. We have a Bible at our house. But so many of us are, are just not even picking it up. Some of us, we don't even know where it's at. <laughs> I mean, we just, we don't even know where it's at. And so I'm telling you, reading regularly, regularly on a daily basis, I'd encourage you to do that. But there's a second part to it. And this is the very important part and because we're not only going to read the Bible, <laughs> but my favorite thing, this, is, this, is, this ought to be the title of the message, everybody. We're going to do what it says. We're just going to do it. And there's this, there's this other whole problem that many of us have that I, there, there are people that even, even those of us who do read the Bible, we're just reading it. And it's so easy to get into this, this daily thing to where now we're just reading it to check it off the list, right? I mean, we're just trying to get it off, you know, like, okay, did that today, boom. Pastor Noah told me to read it, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to read my verse and, and check it off. But unfortunately, all we're doing is just reading it. And we're not coming to God. Like, like I, I, love, I love the story of Samuel in the Old Testament, where Samuel says, Speak, Lord, 
Your servant is listening. And like that ought to be the attitude that we have every time that we approach scripture. It's not, okay, I need to read five chapters today so that I can get it done and so that I can do what Pastor Noah said to do and so that I can be perfect on my Bible app score and all this different stuff. Like we don't need, we, we, we don't have to do that. No, instead we need the attitude that, Lord, I'm gonna open your word. I'm gonna meditate on your Lord and uh, on your word, Lord. And as I read it, Lord, speak, speak to me. Like your servant is listening. I'm here and I'm going, to take the, I'm going to take all the time that you need to talk to me, Lord. And so speak. And we've, we've got to read the Bible as though the Bible is the very living, breathing word of God. As though he's speaking to us. And we've got to be ready. It's not just, not only that, but when we read it, and when we, when, when I'm telling you the power of the Holy Spirit, that as you read it, somehow, as you read scripture, the Bible begins to read you. And all of a sudden, I mean, yeah, I, every day, there'll be maybe a conviction set on your heart that God will show you that maybe, hey, you need to forgive this person today, or you need to act different today. You need to get a better attitude before you leave this house. You know, so, so, sometimes that's what, what it, it, God's going to convict you of that very thing. And the question is, are you going to act on it? Or are you going to do what it says to do? Because that's what building your life on the rock means. Reading God's word as though he's speaking right to you. And then you're going to do what he says to do. And so I just got this question for you today. We'll wrap this thing up. Are you doing something about, or are, are, are you doing what God is showing you in your daily time with him? Are you doing what God shows you in his word? Are you doing what he says to you? Man, are you gonna, are you gonna take this message home and apply it? Are you gonna do something about it? Are you gonna kick back till next week until I talk about love, joy, and peace and make y'all happy, right? <laughs> like, oh, this one's not for me. I won't, <laughs> sorry, Pastor Noah, that one really just didn't touch me, but... Uh... <laughs> I, I'm just asking, like, are you, are, are you actually going to go home and make a change? And listen, I, I even have to admit, even as your pastor, like, I enjoy it when, when y'all, y'all catch me after service and you're like, pastor, that's a good word. That's a real good word. That really, you know, like, like I needed to hear that. And I love that. But you know, the most encouraging stories to me is not just the pastor, you preached a really good message. It's when someone tells me the next week that, hey, pastor, I went home and I did something about it. Like you talked about forgiving someone. I went home and I forgave someone this week. Those are the best stories to me. Like you told, you to, I, you told me to get into the word of God. And so I'm meditating on his word. I'm, I'm in his presence every single day. I'm telling you, that's the stories that I like to hear. I mean, I, I, like I said, I love it when you tell me, oh, that's a good message. But man, when you apply it, when there's something different about your life, and I'm telling you, that's what keeps me going. Because I've seen just over the, over the three, almost four years as a church, it's been incredible to see the lives, the people who have come in here and who have radically changed, who have done something different because they've took the word of God and they've applied it to their life, and they've built their house on the rock, and something's different about them. And I'm telling you, that's the best ones to hear. And so can I just ask you, are, are, are you doing what you hear in these messages? 
Are you doing what you're studying? Are you doing, are you doing what you're hearing about in small group? Are you doing what we're singing about up here on Sunday morning? Like, are you applying those? Because I'm telling you, that's real success in a church. It's when the body of Christ actually does what the church is meant to do. I'm telling you, our goal at, at, at this church, it is not to just get more people coming. It's not just to get more butts in the seats. I, although I'm really glad when more people come. Like it, it encourages me when people do. But a church that gathers crowds of people who just hear the word and do nothing about it, man, that's not a church, everybody. We're called to do so much more. And I won't allow this church to be built on the sand. Because I promise you that when we just come to church and when we just hear the word of God and and sing a couple songs, I'm telling you, when the rains come, when the storms blow, when the wind beats on your house, I want you to stand. And I want you to stand firm in the middle of that trial. But we're going to stand when the storm comes against it. I'm telling you, and I preach this so passionately just because I'm so afraid that there's so many people all across the country, honestly, who have been going to churches over, of church just over the years, who have just been deceived into knowing, just thinking that, oh yeah, I'm built on the rock. I sang Cornerstone today, you know, right? I, I'm built on that Cornerstone, you know? It, and they come and they hear God every week. But man, if you just go to church every week, and even if you just, if you read your Bible every day, that's a pretty good Christian. I mean, that's better than, than I think it's the statistic is like 93% of us. Like, like there's, there's only like a, a few percent of people that actually go to church every week and read their Bible every week. And we think that that's a fantastic Christian. And we think that that's building on the rock. But Jesus says, that's not enough. You're not building your life on the rock by just going to church and by just reading scripture to just check it off. You're not doing it, Jesus says, unless you're, 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 you're not built on the rock unless you're doing those things that you're hearing, that you're taking in. And so are you doing it? Are you doing what you're reading in your scripture every day? In fact, let me just get very specific. If you're taking notes, say it like this. When is the last time you purposefully changed something in your life and you did something different than you were going to do because of what you read or because of what you heard out of the word of God. And and can we just be honest? Very serious. When's the last time you ever changed something in your life because you heard God's word or or you heard a message like this or you went home and you meditated on scripture and the Lord told you to change this thing. Have you ever went out of your way to change, to do something different? Like when is the last time that maybe somebody said something offensive to you and you decided, you know what? Instead of really letting them have it, (laughs) I mean, if anybody offends you, you just want to let them have it, right? I, I, I feel the same way, everybody. Like, somebody offends me, I'm just ready to let it rip. You know, I'm ready to, to, to write. Some of us, we're ready to write it out on Facebook, right? Like, we're just ready to publish it to the world. And uh, if you ever felt that way, it, it just, and then you meditated on the word of God. And Proverbs says, a, a gentle answer turns away wrath. 
and so you didn't do what you wanted to do? Or when's the last time you prayed differently? Because you read the Lord's Prayer, you read Matthew chapter 6, and and, and, and God's word directed you to pray for someone or forgive somebody. When's the last time you prayed different because of the word of God? When's the last time maybe you didn't, you didn't, you really didn't feel like forgiving someone, but you did because Jesus asked you to do, <laughs> because Jesus said to do it. Because if Jesus can forgive you, then I think you have the opportunity to be able to forgive anyone. Or when's the last time Maybe, maybe, you were, maybe you were watching a certain TV show or you were looking at something on the internet and, and you realized that, 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 that Psalm 101 verse 3, it says, I will set nothing worthless before my eyes. And so you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to live my life different. When's the last time that you changed something in your life because of what you heard or what you read in God's word? And man, if you, have some, if you have difficulty with coming up for, with something, you're in trouble, everybody. Because Jesus said, man, that true Christianity, like building your house on the rock, is not just about hearing his word, it's about doing what he says. And can I just, I'll end, it, I'll, I'll end you with this. Like, I recognize that we're living in some crazy times in this world. I mean, like, we may have war. <laughs> we may see all kinds of economic collapse or whatever. I mean, like, there's, you never know what's going to happen. And we, I, I think we, we already have seen this moral and spiritual collapse in our culture. And there's been some tragedy and, and testing and every one of us, we've, we, we're going to all be tested. I mean, the, the rain and the winds are going to come to all of us. The floods are going to come. And the question is, are you going to stand? That when it hits you, are you going to stand? And Jesus says, it's all dependent on one thing. If your life is built on the proper foundation of doing what he says to do. Can I pray for you? And so, Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your word even when it's challenging. Because, Lord, even as a pastor, I don't get this right all the time. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would just be with us this week. That, Lord, as we meditate on your word, as we study it, Lord, let it, let it not just be a, a check mark off in our life. But, Lord, let us have the attitude that Samuel had. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your, your servant is listening. And so, Father, right now in this room, Lord, I'm just asking you, Lord, Lord, I, on behalf of our church, Lord, would you speak? Lord, every one of us in here, we're listening. And, and Lord, for so many of us, Lord, we're just desperate to hear from you. Lord, we're desperate to know you. Lord, we're desperate to do what your word says. 
And so, Lord, speak to us. Lord, reveal it in our hearts. God, show us what we need to do. Show us how we need to change. Show us where we need to go. Show us how to walk in accordance to your word, Lord. Lord, lead us, guide us, direct us. Lord, put us on your perfect path. Lord, we're listening. And so, Father, today, Lord, help us to build our life on your firm foundation. Lord, help us that when the rains come, when the winds blow, Lord, help us to stand. Lord, we will not be the house that falls. Lord, instead, we will stand firm in the middle of the storm. Because, Lord, we, we have decided to do what you've called us to do. And so, Lord, inspire us. Speak to us. Lord, your servant. Lord, your church. Lord, we're listening. We love you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hey, with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're in this room today, maybe you've never called out to God like that. Maybe you've never called out. Maybe, maybe you've, you, you've never took what his word says seriously. And can I tell you, scripture says that when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. That this Jesus that we've talked about today taught us many great things, but the greatest thing that he did was die on a cross to pay the punishment for your sins. Because he died we have this eternal life to look forward to. We have this new way of doing things and we have this idea to follow him and to begin to do what he says. And maybe you're in this room and you've never made that commitment. You've heard the word of God before, but you've never made the commitment to do what Jesus says to do. I wanna invite you to do that today. In fact, if that's you, we're just gonna pray a prayer. I'm telling you, you mean these words, you confess these words, you're going to be made new today. And today can be the day that you walk out of this room and you begin to build your house on the rock, on the firm foundation of doing what Jesus says to do. If that's you in this room, let's pray this prayer together. In fact, church, because we all believe in it, would you just repeat this after me? Say this, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me, but I believe that you raised him from the dead. Say this in me and I say, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I'm gonna do what you've asked me to do. Thank you for forgiving me and making me new. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Would you give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?